once again, everyone. Welcome to the Drunk Friend Podcast. This is episode 57, and as always, we're your host. I'm Trav, a.k.a. Ness Friend. That's uh, Alex over there. He's the old Ness Drunk. And uh, together, we are Drunk Friend. We were YouTube apart and podcast together. We're like a Megazord and Power Rangers. We're more powerful together on audio form, I think. I don't know. Well, maybe we're like Wham! Or, or like one of those like super groups or something like that. Yeah. Or like uh, Audio Slave. Like yeah, hell yeah. Wings. Yeah. What was who was in Wings? Was it Roy Orbison and like Paul McCartney, Tom Petty, and like Bob Dylan and all these? It's, it's like the craziest. The, the guy from ELO shows up. It's like the craziest band ever. Or no, that's not that's not Wings. That's uh, Traveling Wilburys. I got confused there. Wings is just Paul McCartney's other stuff. I got super confused there, but yeah, traveling Wilburys is what I was thinking of. That's what we are. We are we are the travel. We're the traveling drunk drunk berries. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. you know, hopefully, we're riding in an Uber and we're not driving as drunk berries. That's the important thing when you're traveling. Always get a always oh. get a DD. And hopefully, that driver doesn't smell like absolute ass. Uh, let's hope. Let's just hope. <laughs> have, do have you had some bad Uber experiences with the uh, with a stinky, just one stinky person? I mean, just one where the guy was just, you know, doesn't even like acknowledge you, doesn't make eye contact, and the whole car just kind of reeks. Well, and maybe this is when we were in Denver like years ago, but uh, yeah. Maybe he was embarrassed because he shit himself and he was like, just don't, <laughs> just get, <sighs> where do you want to go? Maybe, maybe you should freaking, uh, no, that's a weird thing about Uber and Lyft is that you don't have to tell him anything. You don't have to talk to him if that's you don't true. want to. You just, you, they already know your location and all that stuff. You just go. That's a good point. So, yeah, yeah it's it's uh, creepy. But I uh, can't wait till we have automated cars doing that, and then those smell, and you you wonder like if like a mouse died under the seat or something. That's gonna be fun. Well, you'd hope. I mean, that's that sounds like a, a fun treasure hunt. You know, I was walking past. Speaking the... <laughs> of treasure hunts, <laughs> I was gonna say I was walking past my uh, my. I have a big shrub. Uh, between my my house and my garage on the way to my car and uh i think something died in it but i keep pretending it didn't i just keep walking past it really fast just hoping that like that smell will go away one day right like i don't want to go digging through that thing looking for what's in there right it'll go away eventually am i wrong about that oh you know if 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 you avoid stuff long enough it'll they'll eventually go away like my parents on their own yeah okay yeah Ness friend uh this past week i did the paper boys the paper gentlemen's and girls, there's a Paper Girl character you can select in Paper Boy too. But I did Paper Boy one and two, by two of my favorite games that I'm terrible at. Oh, are you really terrible at Paper Boy? Honestly, not too. T- I've, I've beaten the first one, but the second one I oh, think okay. is is pretty tough. Honestly, it's, the second one's really tough. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of game there. Uh, yeah, yeah, because you, you you're going uh, diagonally and yeah. all sorts of different directions, uh, not just the in the one consistent direction. And you got to go like three one. weeks. You got to you got the easy road and the medium way and hard drive or whatever. Yeah. Man, it's tough. It's a long ass game. It is for delivering paper of all things and not having a ton of lives. Like I think you can only get an extra life in that game if you deliver a perfect route. What what why why would I need that if I'm out here delivering perfect routes? <laughs> I don't need those extra lives. Give those to someone who needs them, like someone yeah. who's bad at the game. Yeah, that's what I like. Always... So, or, or like somebody who's getting robbed and mm-hmm. you're not able to save them in time. Yeah, like they, they might need that life. Or yeah, or give me an extra life for stopping the robber in the game. I think that's a fair trade. There you go. Yeah, there you go. But they or at least them. like a speed boost or something like that. Some sort of. Yeah. Uh, some sort of a bonus. I don't know. I do really like the first game, though. It's one of the funniest games of all time. I, I remember the first time playing... not. I don't remember exactly the first time playing it when I was a kid at my childhood friend Dan's house. But I do remember playing it all the time. Any any chance I got to play it. Uh, just because all, all the wackiness of like the breakdancing dude that mm-hmm. looks like he's trying to pull up his pants. Yep, yep. You got the uh, the Grim Reaper showing up out of nowhere. You got these like little. We used to like name all the characters and like compare them to like people we knew at, at school and stuff like that. It was oh, that's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the, the crazy lady uh, rolling coming out with a rolling pin that was man. like someone's uh, someone's mom. And I you can't who. stop her, man. She's a beast. She's like a yeah. She an ex linebacker for the 49ers, man. She is quick. yeah. She's basically Bo Jackson and Tech Mobile. No yeah, joke. it's, it's yeah. pretty bad. But no, I was trying to. So some people were commenting like, yeah, I really like this game, but it's super duper hard, man. I, talking specifically about the first one, the second one is 100 percent hard. But you know, for me to actually beat that first one, and I, I say this a lot. 
and people are like, man, you're too humble. But I really am not that great at games. I'm not patient enough to be good at them. But for some reason in that one, it kind of clicked with me. If you if you stay just to, on the inside of the sidewalk, just on the grass, ride that yeah. right there a little bit, you're going to miss, you miss the skateboard guy every time. And you just got to dip into the grass if something bad happens, man. And you can get through it. I mean, you just got to keep one house on your route. And there you go. You're not the best paper boy out there. There's like nine people in the neighborhood that hate you. But there's one person that loves you until Sunday, and that's all you need to win. So hang out in the grass a little bit and just dodge what you can dodge. But that's that's yeah. my pro tip. Yeah, it's the out-of-control mower that drives mm-hmm. in a parallelogram somehow. Yeah. Um, you got to follow it. Yeah, follow the, the mower. Go where the mower goes. <laughs> yep. I know all the tricks. And um, Yeah, it, it's... it's uh, Paperboy 2, though, is is a whole different story. I do like... That's a dog. Uh, the NES version a lot more than the SNES version, just because the SNES version has some awful music uh, that I always end up... It's got the classic Seinfeld slap mm. bass. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Yeah, it's really kind of annoying. <laughs> but, you know, in that one, the playfulness gets kind of severe. I mean, in the, you know, in the first one, it's kind of, you know, you're, you you hit a guy and or whatever, and it's kind of slapstick. But uh, there in that second one, you, you knock a guy's car off on him while he's changing the oil. I mean, that probably killed that man. You probably committed murder. You know, you ever think about that? You knock a guy into his pool. What if he couldn't swim? They may have yeah, but you that. control information as the paper boy, so nobody's oh, going to know. Yeah, just don't pass out the news. There you go. That's a good point. You just don't pass out the news, and uh, so then nobody's going to know. And that guy, you just you know, kind of quietly bury that guy in the yard uh, afterward. Actually, there is a pit. Usually in, in, in those games, there's always like a, a, a pit with like a huge like dirt ramp on oh, it. Oh, that's a good point. Next to it or something like that. You just throw that body in there, and mm-hmm. everybody will forget about it. Just like you're trying to forget about that smell. That's right. Just... Put it in a hole. And then people are going to be like, what's that smell? And uh, nobody's going to want to deal with it. Mm. And that's that's the lesson of of today's... I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. (laughs) Hide a body, folks. Hide a body is what we're trying to get through to you today. Speaking of hiding a body, a little X-Zone. A little X-Zone there, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is another... uh, This is another Super Scope game, and people are getting sick of learning about these. (laughs) Are they really? Did they turn on you? No, not not everybody. It's oh, just okay. like they're they're such mediocre ass games that uh, they're they're pretty boring. Um, I I did think that one was at least it tried a couple different things that I thought were a little interesting. Plus, I love the idea of like a Kemco game, Kemco creating a, a mascot out of the weird old guy on the cover of Phalanx. Right, like just make him like he's like make him like your your staple. Like okay, he's the guy driving the car in Top Gear. He's yes. the guy piloting the 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 super suit in X Zone. Just put him in all your games. Like just roll with it. I love that, and I I like I like the idea behind that. But uh, other than that, it's a pretty bleh game. He needs a name though. What would you name that guy? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not good at it. The only kind of names I'm good at are coming up with like Madden generated names, like uh, like Gunner Milfson. There you go, Gunner Milfson. You nailed it, man. (laughs) You nailed it. You just needed the right constraints. Gunner Milfson, the Kimco mascot, the bearded Kimco mascot. Gunner Gunner Milfson. There. Interesting. Milfson. Yeah. Yeah. I like. No, I like. uh, I liked your your super scope tirade there i mean is this, is this it tirade <laughs> um i mean i think it's kind of it for uh um games that only use super scope right there are a few others that like use it in interesting ways that you wouldn't expect um that there's like a whopping two i think but um yeah i think that's it probably it for now uh there's at least one more uh game that uses it that i i've already started writing about but yeah cool man yeah, it's Super Scope's not all that interesting, really. It's just a big plastic thing. So, yeah. and yeah, people are starting. Certain folks are starting to get burnt out on it, and it's like, eh, I don't blame you. So, yeah, I hear you. I still want a Super Scope, but I want a lot of stupid things that cost <laughs> a lot of money. So that's not really saying much. Um, but we can jump on into these emails, and we have another one here from our pal Top Spot One Two Three. He says. There are a lot of conceits or framing devices for YouTube videos discussing individual video games. Alex frequently asks if older games are still worth playing today, and Trav asks what's up with the games that he covered. 
In your mind, what do you call the videos that you make? Are they reviews, flashbacks, overviews? If not, why not? What makes a game review a game review? I'm just curious about how you categorize your work mentally. And secondly, in what ways do you think a current-gen game review differs from a retro review? For what it's worth, I frequently refer to your works as encapsulated or capsule reviews, which to me mean they are shorter, focused, and more concise compared to a full review, whatever that even means. At any rate, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all that you do. Top. Another good erudite email from our friend Topspot and former guest, Topspot. Yes. Uh, hello, Topspot. Thanks for the email. Um yeah, it, it, I was, you know, me being a, a self-loathing jackass, uh, what do you call the videos that you make? And it's like, well, I call them trash. It's <laughs> first and foremost. No, I'm just <laughs> I don't know why my, my mind goes there, but uh, uh, yeah. no, yeah, quick review. They're quick reviews. They're basically, I've said for a long time now, the dirty secret here is that I'm making these for myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I know what these games are because I've always wanted to know what these games are. And that includes, you know, I... That includes, you know, like visual sound, uh, how many lives, how many continues, all that sort of stuff. And plus, I know what people uh, find useful now with these videos. So I know what else to put in there in addition to that. Um, You know, like stuff about ports and what's the best version and et cetera. What else did the developer make and et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, it's uh, I I understand what he means, like full reviews. Um, That is something like a... There, there is like kind of a happy medium between like an LP or almost like a walkthrough mm-hmm. and a quick review, which is I think what you and I both do. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what, what technically that would be, but it would probably be something like a 20, 25, 30 minute thing where you're really doing a deep dive on like each boss and, you know, you know, like say you're talking about act razor i'm just saying that because that game is right in front of me and it's yeah then you're doing a deep dive on like each level like here's here's what you do here you know you're throwing spoilers in there you know stuff like that and you're comparing it to other games at the time i think uh jeremy Parrish does a good job at that um yeah that guy quote-unquote full reviews and he's able to contextualize everything uh in the time he that's like his best skill with his reviews it's like he he puts you in that time period here's what else was out there mm-hmm. when this came out and that's i think that's valuable yeah i i don't think that guy could do anything less than that it's just his personality to mm-hmm. just go full on which is great and he's quite an interesting guy and honestly he'd be be a good guest if anybody knows him get in his ear you know i i guess review is probably what most people consider my work and i you mentioned it there but you know i see this word overview that top spot used and i feel like i'm almost there like if i were to describe my own work so that's not you know people can call my stuff whatever but i feel like a review in some ways kind of gives some advice at the end as to whether it you should or shouldn't play it and right. i i mm-hmm. try not to do that as much i really want I really would just want to share it and um, you know maybe make a few jokes about it and um, maybe talk about why why I liked or why I didn't like it. But I, I really try not to like persuade people at the end whether they want to play it or not. I, I just don't feel like I'm – I don't think I'm confident enough in, in being able to speak for everyone, first and foremost. I might say like, if you like this, you probably like this. Yeah. But I really don't want to be like, this game's garbage – fucking throw it away like i don't i don't want to ever go that far with it or like you definitely have to buy this game and play it because it's awesome because i'm just not as sure-minded in that way i'm like well some people might not like it i don't fucking know so yeah i think overview is more where i'm comfortable uh with my work is just uh just a little bit of a show and tell and it's for my sake like kind of like you i like to just this gives me an excuse to dissect the games and um and share what yeah. i find and then at the end you know I, i'll share it and if you like it you can pick it up and if you don't like it stay away i mean and that's useful that's uh, of course that's going to be useful so yeah yeah and uh hopefully that will continue to be useful even if if it's for stuff like uh x-men or uh what were some other trash ass games that you that you've uh, <laughs> back you, to the you, future you covered some real dogs that, that I are mean, real yeah. not good yeah that's uh it's a lot of my library but you know i'm having fun out here <laughs> the worst game that i've reviewed so far somehow is the back to the future two and three that is the worst oh god yeah, easily the worst thing that i've touched so far if i had to rank my uh, worst that is top worst useless useless crap yeah yeah well uh we have another email here from michelle otherwise known as Petey. 
from PD's Power Hour. She says, hello, drunk friends. So in the last episode, this would have been episode 54, uh, Hungry Gariah again, Alex name dropped Frank Thomas the Big Hurt. Yeah, yeah. And she says, uh, I am loving the 90s name dropping, by the way. And then she says, I thought I thought I would share a little fun fact. In the movie Mr. Baseball with the great Tom Selleck, Frank Thomas is the young kid that is essentially replacing Tom Selleck's character in the beginning of the movie. I was watching it recently and thinking, that swing looks familiar. Sure enough, it was the big hurt. All the more reason wow. to love Mr. Baseball. That is a pretty good movie, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's pretty funny. Um, it's, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you hear the premise and it's like, you kind of groan like, oh, American go fish out of water in Japan, blah, blah, blah. But it's pretty funny. All right. And then she, she continues, uh, all right, enough name dropping, but then decides to drop the name Gabby Sabatini, which I'll come back <laughs> with, uh, Sanchez Vicario. I'm not even sure if I'm saying her name right, but I used to get those two confused all the time. Gabby Sabatini and Aronksta Sanchez Vicario. There's also, uh. Uh, Jennifer Capriati. That's that's the next uh, name I'll drop. But she continues. Uh, this is '90s ass women's tennis, by the way. <laughs> Trav. Yeah. No, I got just, it. Just FYI. Just yeah, FYI. No, I, well, I didn't get it actually. Thanks for telling me that. I, I had no idea. <laughs> I figured. Lindsay Tavenport. All right. Uh, que- she says, "Question: Do you have one game that you don't have in each of your respective collections that you really want? Price is not a factor. What is the game you want most? Thanks as always. Keep up the great work." Michelle. All right, Michelle. Yeah, I had to look that up. I'm a huge Frank Thomas fan. I love the big Kurt. He was the reason I enjoyed the White Sox. Uh, I got a level with you right now, Alex. I have not seen Mr. Baseball. I've not seen this movie. It's pretty funny. I mean, it's not worth going out of your way to see. I didn't know Frank Thomas was in it. That is a fun fact. Yeah. So uh, and and of course, if if Mr. Ba- if a guy nicknamed Mr. Baseball is going to get bumped by anybody, you better believe it's going to be a Hall of Famer, two-time MVP. In Frank Thomas, yeah, and check this out. I was I was googling a little bit. I looked up uh, Frank Thomas, Tom Selleck movie, and uh, I got there was an eBay listing for a Tom Selleck Mister Baseball rookie card upper deck with Frank Thomas in it, and it's uh, it's weird. It's like a real baseball card there, and you got Tom Selleck in it, and, and it's uh, upper deck. It is upper deck. Yeah, yeah. It's got Tom Selleck as a he's in the Yankees. He he looks a little too old for baseball already in nineteen ninety two. This is awful. You got t- Frank Thomas in a, in, a Yankees uh, uniform. in a Yankees uniform. That is just awful. I don't care for it. Oh, we got like a big write-up on Selleck on the back too. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's Stars a little weird. Ju- oh, it's 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 just a synopsis of the movie. I, I was hoping it would be about his character, but I guess it kind of is. But eh. it's just a weird picture there. Huh. That's pretty interesting, though. It is, and it's uh, you for know, all you collectors out there, it's thirty dollars. You can have it. You can actually. There's another one here that's another listing where it's only a dollar. Get it for a dollar. So there you go, folks. Okay, so games that we don't have in our respective collections that you really want. Price is not a factor. Well, my easy answer here, my easy answer would be uh, Little Samson because that's an expensive game and it's also decent. But I'm not. I'm. I'm going to try not to be terribly predictable on this because I think that's the one that every NES collector wants. And sure, Little Samson is good. It's not worth $3,200 or whatever it's going for right now um, as a video game uh, for the fun it's worth. But um, let me see here. I would probably have to say a game that I really want for the old NES that I don't have would be, hmm, well, here's one. I had this game. I might have brought this up on the podcast before, but there's, it's not even that expensive right now. I'm just uh, stubborn. It's called Faria. I don't even think it's a good game. It's just a little action, top-down action RPG Zelda-like almost. It's called Faria. And I had it at one point in my collection early on, like 2010. I had it in my collection. And at the time, it was worth about $35. And at that point, was the most valuable game in my collection. And I prized it. I said, folks, you've probably never heard of this game. But check out my concise, tight, tiny, nubile NES collection. And this one here is super valuable. It's worth $35. And people would, would go, oh my God, Travis, that's incredible. What, what a great thing you're building here. I'm sure one day you'll have them all. And then um, <laughs> we had some contractors into our house that we lived in at the time. What? And th- this is my best theory, because I don't know what happened to this game. But I did have it featured out in front. It was like out in front of the rest of my games, because I was really proud of it, man. I found it in a lot. For, it was like three bucks. I was like, hell yeah, man. I got a, I got a pricey. It was my first good find. And uh, it, it went missing. It went missing oh, after these guys came to fix our bathroom. And now I hate to blame people, you know, that were just in our house doing doing good labor. 
bathroom turned out great. But I cannot think. And we moved twice since then. It never turned up in any bins, any couch cushions. Jeez. So my best theory is that somebody got a little curious and made out with the thing that I had uh, sitting out in front there with all my video games. And I've yet to replace it because I was like, well, I hate that the game got taken from me and I have to buy it back. And so I've just sit here and watched it over the years just climb up in price. And now, now it's going for like 150 So um, I've waited almost too long to replace it. But um, I'm a little butthurt about it, to be honest. So if price were not a factor, I would get my Faria back. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. Um Wow. And by the way, the, the full title of Faria is a, wor- Faria, a world of mystery and danger, as yeah. opposed to a world of, you know, crackers and soup or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, when I first moved here to Albuquerque, uh, I lived in this horribly shitty apartment for about a year um, before uh, Pearl and I could uh, get our stuff together and, and uh, find a place to move in together. And this dude came up, um, he was one of the apartment maintenance guys. I, th- I think this was the time when I, t- I turned on the swamp cooler for uh, in-, in the middle of a hot J- July day and black smoke mm. came out of the vents. So Never good. Yeah, good times there. This, this dude, though, w- immediately, as soon as he walked in to my apartment, was like, whoa, you know, he did the whole like, whoa, Super Nintendo games and blah, 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 blah. you have Earthbound. Oh, man. And we talked and he, it, it was cool. But this was in such and it, the, the guy. I shouldn't call this guy out because he was super nice. He was able to get the AC fixed within a week. <laughs> 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 which i i guess is the going rate in in out that part of town but um uh yeah i was always like well that guy has the keys and that guy knows i have this stuff so i uh i don't know is somebody gonna take this take it is somebody gonna take my precious oh, my man. precious earthbound and final fight three and mega man seven and uh, all these those are some games. good ones those are some good ones though i don't have final fight three or, or mega man seven i'd rob you i'd rob you for those Oh, sweet! Thank you for for me. I think my my uh, boy. It's hard to say because I think but the best bang for my buck for uh, even though the price isn't an option here or isn't a, a thing here, it would be Metal Warriors because it's got that awesome two player mode where you can uh, float all around the stage like hunting each other with different weapons and stuff like that. That that would be fun to actually own a cartridge of so you could you could get that going on. Um, there's also Pocky and Rocky 2 just cuz that's another game I can play with uh, mm. Pearl. Yeah. And uh, but meanwhile th- then you've got like Bronchi the Bronchiosaurus. Why the hell is that game 200 bucks? Why? Come on. Yeah, is it only 200? I thought it was more than that these days. I think it's actually gone down. Let oh, me good. see what this site, Maybe people played it and found says. out. They're like, yeah, oh, exactly. Wow. Yeah, this is $200. This is not 300. Yeah, it actually did it actually has gone down a little bit. Um the loose went from 236, now it's down to 212. Oh, that's over the course of uh, about a year. Ha. Huh. So yeah, people are finding out the hard way, I guess. But uh, better, better they learn that you know. But better to learn it all than never at all, or something. Yep. I forget. That's what, what they say. But, um, yep, that's what they say. Yeah, that was very concisely phrased <laughs> on my part. Meanwhile, in sports. Yeah. Meanwhile, in sports, uh, to Robert, he says, uh, "I just played a game of King Griffey Jr. and lost twenty-five to two, Robert." So, uh, yeah, there you go. Um, so, Robert there, not very good at King Griffey Jr. baseball. Alex, what do you think about that? We, we need more updates, please, Robert. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're rooting for you. Um, in fact, let's, let's, let's place a bet on this. Okay. So, okay, the spread has been established. Uh, it's a spread of 23 runs. So, he, if, he, if Robert comes within 23 runs, do you think he'll come within 23 runs the next time he plays, if he plays again? Oh, I think so, and, yeah. Think. You think so? I don't think he will. I think the next game, the time is going to be like 30 to 2. Wow. So, Robert, get back to us next time you play so we can settle this bet, this blood blood grudge once and for all blood between grudge. Trav and I. Now, we, we learn uh, with our guests that sometimes you can name a band before the band exists. You know, people be like, that make a great band name. It's like, well, usually it doesn't work in that order. But Blood Grudge, what a great band name that would be. If it doesn't already exist, I'm sure it does probably somewhere in uh, the Netherlands. But Some j- junior high school somewhere. Yeah, yeah. There's a Scandinavian band somewhere that has a font I can't read called Blood Grudge. But <laughs> we, we could have the American version of Blood Grudge. 
and just do polka. Sure. Just do hardcore polka, metal polka. Yeah, hell yeah. Do you get some bluegrass in there? Yeah. Get some uh, get some harmonicas. Yeah, man. Sure. Yeah, I'll play the cheeks. I just smack my cheek. That'd be great. <laughs> I'll play the thighs. I'll slap my thighs. You got, you got your thigh slapper. I'm just jump cheek slapper. That's all. You, that's all you need in the in the band. Um, but yeah, no, I wanted to ask this. Uh, you know, Robert. Robert's uh, having a bit of fun here, sending us his his bad scores. But when you play a sports game, Alex, and a game is lumping you like that, do you stick it through to the end? Do you? Would do you quit? Yeah. What do you do? I I do stick it through to the end because. This is going to sound like I'm bragging, but I don't usually get my ass kicked that badly in sports games. Sure. I mean, yeah, um, that's true. Uh, the, I think the worst time, I'm trying to think like the last time I really got shellacked, probably was a, a was a recent Madden game when I was still trying to get like my feet wet, mm-hmm. and I probably threw like four pick sixes, and yeah. you know, I, I, I probably got blown out like 42 to 10 or something like that. I just couldn't get anything going. But yeah, no, I always stick it out to the end just because um, you're still getting reps, still getting snaps. For sure, still getting experience. Well, see that yeah. that's the way I am with uh, you know I, I love the NCAA football games. Hopefully they come back, uh, and I play a lot of the dynasty modes, and so I'm actually more apt to take my losses there uh, than in, an, in in any exhibition game. If I'm just playing a game real quick, I might turn it off before the end because I'm like, ah, fuck, it doesn't mean anything. I was just playing around. But if it's in a season and I, it's a loss, that's I'll just take it. That's a loss. That's a loss. It's just that's just how the cookie crumbles. I say. But also, yeah, too, yeah. I find that those games get really not fun when I win all the time. And so I yeah. actually sometimes weirdly like it when the game beats me. I'm like, all right. Yeah. All right, you motherfucker. It, it is. <laughs> it, it's also hilarious to see how cheap the, the game will get yes. where it's like, oh, yeah, it's a, um, uh, a uh, okay, c- computer wins the, uh, like, to use football as an example, easy example, it's like, okay, computer wins the coin toss, gets the ball to start the game, 80-yard touchdown. <laughs> Ensuing kickoff, fumble, <laughs> computer recovers, touchdown. Just like that, it's 14 nothing, and it's like 30 seconds of game time have, have gone by. It's like, and then you, th- you, you throw, uh, you try to throw, like, a, a quick slant, or maybe like a deep post, and the middle linebacker somehow jumps, you know, like twenty feet in the air to to make an interception, even though you know you've made that throw like a hundred times, and no human being or no computer being could ever, you know, have the AI presence, <laughs> whatever that means, to uh, leap that high and pick off that pass. But uh, yeah. this time, it's it's happening. So uh, I, I do get a kick out of that. I always think that's funny. I've, I've taught in, in videos. I've talked about that too. Where in, in specifically in Madden '95, there is a, the computer seemingly gets mad at you for winning. Uh, where it, it'll run out. You, uh, the computer will run out of timeouts, trying to stop the clock so it'll get the ball back, and then it starts calling teams. It says like, you know, it's like Sam. I'm playing Washington. Like Washington calls Oakland. Washington calls Jacksonville. Washington calls Carolina. It's the most confusing freaking thing ever. And it's really funny because all you see is just the caption that says, Washington calls Oakland, and it's just John Madden's smiling face. (laughs) And it's like, okay, what does that have to do with the game? (laughs) You come back, and the clock is stopped. And it's like, oh, that bastard just called a fucking timeout. It's timeout number four. Oh, there's timeout number five. Timeout number six. It's so stupid, and it's but it's it's kind of adorable. Yeah, <laughs> to be honest with it you, it really wants to. It's like, oh, look at this cute little computer AI trying to keep up. <laughs> it, it can't. It's trying its little heart out, and it's just losing. <laughs> yeah, man. Some of those middle linebackers in in football video games, uh, believe it or not, turned down a shot at going pro out of high school with the Clippers because they can all they all have like eighty six yeah. inch verticals. Man, you cannot. Yeah. Uh, they they fix and they're all the size of Brian Urlacher. They're all yeah. like six foot eight. Man, yeah, super super humans. But yeah, well Robert, good luck, man. And, and to shout out Robert a little bit, uh, he's he's the um, co-host of the Classic Gaming Podcast, which I have been finally uh, asked to guest on by myself. I don't need Alex there this time, and I'll be a good boy, and uh, I'm going to have fun, and I can't wait. So I'll be on that podcast. I'll be guesting on it next week. I don't know when it'll come out, but just a shout out there for Robert. Putting your big boy pants on, huh? Going in there by ah, myself. I can't wait. Right. Yeah, all right. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Just re- just remind Robert to uh, to get on it and ch- play another game of Griffey. I don't think he will, but <laughs> just in case you do, Robert, uh, we we have a bet, and you you have to you have to lose by more than twenty three for me to win. 
uh, and it's less than 23 for Trav to win. That's right. That's right. So do do your best, please. Do your do your worst. Listen to Counting Crows while you play. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I'm sad you're not on the on the Classic Gaming Podcast as much as you were before, Alex. Um, all right. Well, guys, coming up next, speaking of big boy pants, as somebody said a few minutes ago, I'll use that as a segue. We have a guy coming up as our guest who certainly wears the big boy pants in his band because he's the front man. And normally a front man sings, but not this one. This one does it differently. He uh, He sings with his thumbs which is a skill that I wish I had, but I don't. I, I have to use my throat like everyone else. But uh, he plays the video games in front of a crowd while the band behind him rocks out. And then he also draws. He also does some art on the side. So check out Noah McCarthy coming up. Hi, this is Michelle from PD's Power Hour, a podcast where you can find cool gaming content creators and or gaming enthusiasts to discuss all things alcohol. Check it out if you're interested in learning more about what's in your glass and the process that got it there. Available everywhere podcasts are heard and on polymedianetwork.com. Drink well, my friends. Bye. All right, Noah, thanks so much for joining us on the Drunk Friend podcast. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you for having me. To to lead off with just, you know, Bit Brigade a little bit. I when I describe it to people, I say, "All right. So, because I've I've gone to see you guys a bunch." They're like, "Oh, yeah, what do they do?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "All right, so it's it's a five-man band and the lead man. I see the front man. I call you the front man. I see the front man is playing that Nintendo real good. And then the the band is keeping keeping up with him, you know. Pretty much. Yeah, so speak like how do you describe Bit Brigade to people and then let's get into like how it all came to be. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, that's that's pretty close. We've I think we've kind of had <clears throat> like different versions of the explanations over the years where I've been either referred to as the front man or uh, the conductor, um, mm. so something to that effect. Um, but yeah, I'm essentially I actually sit on stage in front of a, a TV with an NES hooked up to it, um, and then my bandmates, two guitarists a bassist and a drummer are behind me into the sides and they are watching my screen and watching me. Um, cause I will sometimes have to give them cues, but as I play an old school NES game, like Mega Man two or the original Zelda or, uh, Batman or, um, <laughs> Contra, uh, yeah. and I, I play these games through to completion. Um, essentially, a speed run, but not technically in the sense where I'm trying to beat it as fast as possible. I'm just trying to do a very quick um, and fun, reliable uh, run of this video game while the band has uh, time to do the entire musical performance um, to like right to the beat with with me. Yeah, so I've I've noticed there's times where like you might you might wait a little bit before you go through that last door just so they can get those last few notes in. So yeah, yeah, they're really depending on you for um, I, I guess a lot of the cues. How did it all start? Whose idea? Whose drunken? I'm sure it was a drunken idea. Whose drunken idea was it to do this? Because it's genius. Yeah, it was definitely a drunken idea. Um, <laughs> that I mean, these are uh, guys that I've known for nearly 20 years now. Um, we lived in, been living in Athens, Georgia for about that amount of time. Um, and I, I met them while going to college here at University of Georgia. And uh, yeah, one night when we were partying, uh, Bryant, the guitarist, kind of, we stumbled on the name before we stumbled on, well, technically, our name was not always Bit Brigade. The first show we ever did was Contra, and we called ourselves Contraband. <laughs> um, so the name came first and then the idea kind of followed. Uh, and yeah, we, we were just like, Hey, wow. that's kind of stupid. Let's do it for like a, just like a one-off show. It would be because these are my friends are all in other bands, um, like Cinema Mechanica and we versus the shark and Maserati. Um, they've been in a bunch of other kind of like technical mathy rock bands mm-hmm. um and yeah we were just like okay this is kind of fun okay so i i have a the, your origin story there and uh the idea behind the band brings about many many questions um but first i do have a very quick story that i want to tell yeah. um 
when I was a little, when I was uh, a little kid, when I was much younger, I was uh, just out of high school making really crappy comedy songs uh, just to make my friends laugh. This would have been early 2000s when I was in tech school. And I made a song to make fun of the band Slipknot, and I called it Slipknot. And it was like 35 people in this band, and it was, you know, like, there's the guitarist, the drummer, then there's the sandwich player, and it's the guy, like, angrily eating a sandwich into a microphone. It was a real dumb idea. But I also had in that band a video game player, and it was just like... Somebody just playing, uh, you know, a game just, you know, mic'd up or something like that. And now, lo and behold, all these years later, there is a band with a video (laughs) game player, not only in the band, but you're like the lead guy, um, which is really cool. It's it's a fun idea for uh, a a band and just a a project in general. I do. the, The first thing that the first question that comes to mind, though, when you when you describe what you guys do is do you ever just like stop what you're doing in the game? Like, say you get to like Mega Man three uh, Magnet Man and you just really like that jam. And you just stand. You just put the controller down, and you stand up. You just start rocking out with the rest of the band. Well, <laughs> or that, would that be shirking your responsibilities as the conductor? Well, it's funny. Yeah, you brought up Mega Man Three, but actually, I started doing it on Mega Man Two for uh, Wiley, Doctor Wiley, Stage One. Yeah. Um, if I go through that stage pretty much as fast as I can. Uh, it'll only be like one and a half reps of the song. So what I did, instead of putting the controller down and dancing on stage, I just kind of dance with Mega Man, do a little Oh, yeah, yeah, even better. Jump around <laughs> and, and, and do that until I know um, I can, it's like, okay, this is about the right time. So if I start running out, I'll get to the boss and be able to like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, kind of. That's awesome. That is awesome, yeah, and and it is. It's a relaxed speed run is the best way I can describe it because you're you're taking sips of beer between stages. Yeah, you're, I mean, you but you have to be. I'm, let's talk about MacFest. So, big big performance there. That's got to be a, a pretty huge. I mean, I don't I don't know what kind of uh, shows you're doing when you're not at MacFest. I've actually seen you once at not MacFest, but MacFest seems like that's a pretty big draw. Maybe one of the it's, bigger shows that you would do. Yes. Yeah. How. Is it nerve wracking to be up there? All those people, just you, the controller, or how dialed in are you at this point? This is like muscle memory, no problem. So uh, it's incredibly nerve wracking, um, <laughs> and has been ever since we started doing it. Uh, I've gotten a lot better with dealing with it over the years, but for me, the nerves—it's all beforehand. Um, mm-hmm. So it used to be I would. I would just be kind of sick to my stomach all day leading up to a performance. Um, but now it's usually probably, depending on the show, it'll only be like an hour or two before I get pretty nervous. Um, but once I'm actually on stage and playing, I just, I get lost in the game. I'm, I'm sucked in. Every, like, everything works so well in video games. There's a finiteness to them where I know where the pixels are and what I need to do and how many buttons I need to press when. Uh, so, like, when I'm doing that, I do kind of just, like, zen, kind of just zone in on it. And, uh, I, yeah, I can focus on, on that in a way. So I don't usually get as nervous while I'm playing, but leading up to it, it's pretty intense. Do you have people from the crowd ever shouting like, "You gotta, you gotta use this weapon against the, uh, you know, Shadow Man or something like that?" Or like, we'll like get different things. Up? Yeah, people are definitely uh, screaming out. We've had some crazy shows. Actually, this isn't someone screaming out, but I, our first show ever we did with Contraband. Um, the crowd was so into it and so rowdy uh, and banging up against the stage and the TV that they knocked the TV over on on Whoa. Aliens Layer, the last stage. And oh, I no. had to pause the game and catch the TV. So I put it back <laughs> up. And unfortunately, the game froze. So our first show oh. <laughs> didn't even get a finish. Uh, they play the, the band finished playing the rest of the song and the credits. Um, but it's like, yeah, that's, that's uh, how you started, I guess. That's punk rock right there, folks. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what do you do? You practice the day of, or what? Are you how often are you playing the game before the big show that night? Mm, I don't generally practice um, like regularly in that sense. Once I've learned the game, because I've usually 
kind of like just been drilling the game when I when I when um, I decide what game I want to play or I it's me and it's usually uh, Bryant Williamson. Um, it's kind of like our thing. We'll discuss what songs and games we like and what game I think will look cool to play and stuff like that. And I, and so I'll just dive into a game and play it for a couple months. Just, you know, who knows how many hours. And so I just, it kind of gets built into muscle memory at that point. Gotcha. And so if we bring back a game that I haven't played in a couple of years, I'll, I'll pick it up and mess around with it and, It'll take like a one or two runs to kind of get comfortable again. I I kind of try to most I learn the game in the same way that they would like a musician would learn sheet music. So I'm kind of trying to play it the exact same every single mm-hmm. time. So I think right. that kind of helps with um with the runs that I build because yeah, like you said, it's like it's I would call it yeah like a it's a quick run, <laughs> not a speed right. run or a relaxed run. Where I'm, I'm going quickly, but I'm more focused on having this very consistent, reliable run that I know, because I mean the band needs that. We're all playing off of each other, and like I have to be here at a certain time, and sometimes that doesn't always happen, and sometimes those are really fun and crazy shows, but you know sometimes you die. The band has to play a song like eight or ten times where they normally would have played it once or twice. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Like, how strictly do they follow? So if you die, that's a lot of pressure right there. So if you die, they have to, everybody has to kind of start over. They play like a little death rattle jingle. Because, I mean, there's, you got, you're playing some tough games here. Like Castlevania 3, uh, Batman, especially when you, once you get to the final boss, Joker, like that is really hard. Ninja Gaiden. Uh, I've always thought Contra was pretty tough too, but uh, mm-hmm. dang, man. Yeah, there's some tough ones in there. Yeah, Ninja Gaiden. Um, and yeah, the Castlevania Ninja Gaiden, games are Castlevania Three is by far the most stressful of any game that we've done. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> I, playing that in front of a group of people. Heck no. But yeah, no, that's really cool. Yeah, I was going to ask if there was a game that you dreaded a little bit playing more than others, and so you're saying Castlevania Three would be that game? Absolutely. <clears throat> there's just so much at stake when you die. You I see what you did there. Steak, get it? And, uh, I almost said no <laughs> pun intended, uh, but yeah. <laughs> I just left it there. Um, yeah, this just losing your triple shot and your sub weapon um, is, and your whip power up, like just in certain areas, puts you at such a disadvantage. It's almost impossible to come back from. Yeah, I mean, your your mistakes, I mean, the band can screw up all they want, and, and people may not notice because they can recover extremely quickly. They got a lot of distortion on their side, and there's more than yeah. one instrument, but w- when you mess up, like, everybody sees it immediately. They're like, oh, no. Yeah, they're all <laughs> what staring happened? at it in the first place, so... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've only seen now. I've watched you. Um, I think every Macfest you've been to since 2010, which I think there was one where I think Macfest was trying to mix it up and you guys couldn't come, which bummed me out hard. Yeah. And then there was one that I missed because Thanks. I had a kid. So been to most, and I've only seen you really have one mistake, and you recovered so quickly that blew my mind more than anything else. You're playing Contra, and at some point you lose the spread shot, and I said to my buddy, I said, oh shit, he lost that spread shot. What's he-? Oh, nope, he's good. Never mind, he's good. You know, <laughs> you recovered from it so quickly, it was never an issue, and I was so impressed by that. So, I think I remember what you're talking about. Was it on <laughs> Hanger, I think? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that exact moment that you're talking about. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it just recovered so fast, and my buddy and I were talking like, man, if I lost that spread shot, I'd have been doomed. I just walked off stage, but no. you. So is that part of the practice, too, is just uh, you're like, well, if I screw up here, this is what I have to do to, to yeah, get it back so on track? Yeah, so I'm always, as opposed to, like, uh, learning a game and uh, trying to speed run it and quitting every time you make a mistake, I would try to always play through the game to completion. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I'm learning it, uh, so that when those things happen, you yeah you have to have some kind of strategy for like what to do next because you're not I'm not able to just give up <laughs> and reset and be right. like okay well we'll do it uh, another time. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
I was going to yeah. say, it'd be a pretty funny visual if you just rage quit on stage. <laughs> <laughs> just like, ah, this, I hate this game. And you just spike the controller, storm off stage, pulled an Axl Rose. You know, like, I can't hear myself yeah, on the monitor. <laughs> like one of those like tantrums. And then you just leave and the band is just like playing the same like uh, pause. Mu- like say you're playing Battletoads and they're stuck playing the pause music or something <laughs> like that for like the next. We had joke before the band. Absolutely. Uh, just yeah. play. Uh, what if we did Battletoads where the game's started up and i just paused it <laughs> and then got, got up and walked off stage and they would just sit there and play this pause music for like <laughs> half an hour <laughs> uh, yeah that's a real axel rose power move too you have to respect <laughs> it but 2020 wasn't very kind to performers so i'm hoping the band's doing okay and we're looking forward to more bit brigade coming up yeah yeah we seem to have survived um and have some more shows planned i think we have a our first show back will be in september um, oh, great. And in Atlanta, uh, the Earl. Um, so that that should be fun. But yeah, that'll be our first show in a year and a half or whatever. Or I guess even longer. That's, oh, man, so crazy. I know. Time, time kind of went fast and kind of didn't during that period. But I guess, man, I'm really just looking for a scoop on that next MAGFest. I mean, do you guys know anything? Is there plans to return? You, you haven't heard we anything. We love Magfest, so we always want to go every year. Um, so I will say that is at least what we want to happen. Um, Sweet, yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm trying to get Alex out there. He's out there in the in the desert of in Albuquerque, and I'm trying to convince him that Magfest is worth the trip. It's a fun time, and there's nothing like it. Magfest is special. Yeah, that's what I hear. I just want to wander yeah. around in the giant arcade. And and just get lost. At, at, four, at three a.m. Yeah. is the best time. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty amazing. Um. So real quick here, I this is going to seem. Where's my phone? This is going to seem a little uh, awkward. We, we've not done this before, Alex. I'm going to commandeer the show. But if you could look in the general chat, I didn't realize that I am kind of a super fan of of your work, both as an artiste and oh. as a performer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some pictures in here. Uh, I was doing a live stream the other night. And a buddy was like, hey, man, uh, where's all that art come from behind you? Oh, wow. And I was like, I don't know. I never really paid attention to it. And it seems like it's just your shit. (laughs) It it looks like it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was was expecting to turn around and be like, yeah, I got this from there and this from there. And I was like, this is um, all the same guy, actually. Yeah. So... I've just over wow. the course of uh, of Magfest, I keep swinging by the I guess the studio pin pin booth and yeah. picking up uh, little pieces here and there, and I even have a um, what do you call those things? I guess a, a bill or whatever a uh, a show flyer that I stole off a counter at the Greensboro Blind Tiger when you guys were there because I was like I'm taking this home and I have yeah. I'm wearing a uh, here I got another I got another one here Th- this one I actually planned um, but I am wearing a Bit Brigade shirt as we speak so. I, I'm geeking out, man. This is a huge deal. <laughs> Talk to the guy that, that that's the yeah, front man for the you. band. Yeah, I did that t-shirt design. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's solid. I've almost worn it out. Um, and my daughter absolutely loves it. So, so yeah, man. So, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work. And I thought this would be a good transition into uh, the art stuff. We can we can always come back to some Bit Brigade and playing games. But uh, you do have a, a website with your work, Studio Pen Pen and... So mm-hmm. I wanted to get into a little bit about that. Like, is that your your chosen trade? Are you an artiste at heart? Yeah, I would say so. Um, when I was younger, I was like elementary, middle school, probably like in, even into like high school. I was way too into Disney. I was, loved animation. Um, and eventually found, around high school time, found Dragon Ball Z and anime and things like that. Um I always wanted to be an animator when I was a kid. Uh, and as I grew up and started like drawing and painting and doing that kind of stuff, I realized I, I kind of like backgrounds more than uh, animation. So, I mean, you can kind of see in um, the, the paintings and the images, there's the Blaster Master one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, I don't know, a lot of paintings I do, the, the characters will be really small and it's all just like a big sprawling background. But I, I just love kind of landscapes and big backgrounds that kind of tell a story. Um, but yeah, I've been paint, drawing and painting since I was a kid. Um, went to UGA and got a 
BFA in uh, in drawing, actually, um, and worked as a cook in a vegetarian restaurant for like twelve years. After that, as an artist does, yes, <laughs> and um, just kind of, I'll say, yeah. One of the things I learned uh, at art school uh, was that I don't like the art community that much and like mm. just kind of going to shows and events and 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 what that is all about i kind of got turned off to it so there are too many douchebags is what you're saying <laughs> yeah kind of through the band the band started doing its thing and we started doing conventions and i kind of saw that there was a lot of people doing fan art and mm. just kind of their own takes on all kinds of things like that and i was like oh that kind of looks fun. I might do that. I, just, I started doing these paintings. I think the first one I did was Castlevania two, and then I did like a Mega Man one, and and just kind of started having fun doing paintings. And then I brought them along with me while Bit Brigade was playing shows, and it just kind of solidified uh, over the years, where I just spent more and more time painting again. Um, and I found a partner. There's actually in the image that you put up, there's the Onet Earthbound one. Yes. Which is, uh, I drew that one, and my studio partner, um, her name is Leah, uh, she painted that. She does all the watercolor stuff that, that is part of oh. Studio Pen Pen. Um, okay. And we collaborate on things as well. Um, but we started doing stuff like that together and, and, Put and yeah, decided to call ourselves Studio Pen Pen after uh, Pen Pen from Ava. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really interesting stuff because a lot of it is familiar screens from the game, and I know this is a, an audio medium, and I just shared a visual with uh, with you guys. So on my wall, I have screens from some of my favorite games of all time. So there is Samus on top of the her spaceship in in Super Metroid. And then I have the the iconic view of uh, was it Jason hanging out with his dune buggy and Blaster Master, and then the the uh, start screen of the original Legend of Zelda. Just three games right there that just mean a ton to me. And then I also have the map from of Onet, like you talked about, and you can barely see it, but I also have a uh, one of a Symphony of the Night further up there. So, um, but these are all like iconic images from the games. It's it's it. Do you to do this? Are you like mapping out a, a screenshot and sort of sketching around that and then because you you still like it's it's recognizable as the game but it still has your own painting style a lot of your highlights and you know I could just tell you can always just tell it's yours by the colors and things like that but yeah, is there a process to it Yeah um so when I first started doing it I kind of wanted to be really literal with the 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 screenshots not to like the the pixer painter levels that p people do where they're just making like squares for every single pixel but i would try to stay like very accurate to the sprites and i would get um download maps of the games and sprite sheets and kind of find which uh, exact image I wanted and fit it all together and use that as a template to, um, to, to make a painting off of. But over time, I've gotten I've more comfortable with putting my own style uh, into it. So, yeah, a lot, a lot, in, like, a lot of the clouds and mountains <laughs> are probably like, more easily recognizable as mine. Right, um, right. Yeah, I mean, you, you make it your own, but it's still uh, inspired heavily from from the classic video game stuff. So it's impressive. I encourage everyone to go check out Studio Pin Pin because um, there's a lot of neat stuff there. I mean, we're speaking specifically about the video game stuff. There's there's some non-video game stuff in there. And I, I have to I'm, – I'm, maybe I'm not good at just using the internet, but I feel like when I've gone to your booth and, and flipped through the portfolio, there's a lot more work that you've done that maybe isn't shown here. Is that true? Yes, that's pro probably very true. Yeah. Gotcha. We're bad about posting stuff, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I guess there's an Etsy shop that comes along with this as well if people wanted yes. to, to check that so out. So I'm seeing a lot of NES stuff here, uh, with the exception of uh, Super Metroid. but uh, And uh, I guess Symphony of the Night is, is one of them as well. But uh, any, uh, And this goes to uh, Bit Brigade as well. 
any chance of uh, maybe expanding out a little bit to some Mega Man X, perhaps, or Super Ghouls and Ghosts, or Final Fight, or something along those lines. You know, uh, uh, <laughs> Super <That's>, Nintendo. <coughs> Excuse me. I, I mean, how do I answer that? Um, def- the answer is not no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could say no. I, I could take it. I'm a... I'm a I'm an adult. Well, but no, but it's not either. I, I, like, I definitely nothing is uh, solid for the future. But there have been talks uh, with us, murmurs in the band about expanding and doing some other things. And I, I have learned one game outside of NES catalog so far. So yeah, I'll say that we have not. The band has not started working on it, or even is even close to talking about starting working on it. But I have learned one game on Super Nintendo. Is it uh, Captain no. Novelin? Bronchi the, <laughs> Bronchi the Bronchiosaurus? Uh, just, let, just, just stop me when I finally get it. Uh, is it uh, Troy Aikman football? Um, oh, that would be, that'd be a great, one. great soundtrack for Troy Aikman football. <laughs> I was, that's actually a good question, though. How, you know, there's, there's probably a ton of good games out there that you guys have considered, but maybe you're like, you know what? The soundtrack sucks. Or it's just not it, fun, or it's overly repetitive. Has that happened a ton? All of that, yeah. Um, there, there's just not enough songs. We've talked about doing Blaster Master a lot, but there's just not enough songs in the game. Mm. Um, and not enough recognizable ones, like uh, games, uh, like other Blaster Master games to pull from. Because I guess you're in the overworld a lot, so you're just getting a lot of the same... I guess you could cover it a few different ways. You could do like a jazz rendition and then pop out and do like a bluegrass. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, you're right. It would just get repetitive at some point. There's stuff like that or games that are, yeah, um, just not interesting visually or they have to meet yeah, a few different <laughs> requirements of at least being somewhat fun to play and watch and have a good catalog of songs uh, that are just really slamming. Yeah, so I mean, I, it makes sense though. They ha- it has to hit all the marks because uh, you're trying to entertain people. You're right, not just right. trying to prove a point. You're not just and also be just... the right length. Like it can't be a, a four hour game, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. You know, as many t- times people have asked us to do a Final Fantasy or Chrono Trigger <laughs> or something like that. It's like, yeah, that would be nice. It doesn't really. It doesn't really work with our... We try to aim for... Well, depending on the length of the games, like the short ones, Contra is 15 minutes or under, um, but most of the games hit between like 30 and 45 minutes, Mm -hmm. which is a a decent amount of time Yeah, for a band to be playing nonstop, like with no breaks between the songs. And yeah, you've seen us play enough. You've seen Mike on the drums... Like, it's pretty intense. <laughs> Guy's got some serious chops for sure to be able to play like yeah. that uh, for that long. So I, I, I should uh, I was I was gonna ask if you would ever do <laughs> an anthology, like do some kind of like overblown dream theater type thing where you get like an orchestra behind you uh, and, <laughs> and opera singers for Final Fantasy VI. But I guess that's not on the uh, not on the menu. Well. I'm glad you, yeah, six. You know, I would want to do it, but <laughs> I'm still waiting for my Final Fantasy VI remake. That would be nice. There yeah, you go. I would get that. <laughs> that's like you're going. That's like you know, the years years into the future. You guys are on your you're on your your retirement tour, and you bring in the opera. You know, yeah. kind of like you know, like Metallica. They got the 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 orchestra every now and then. That's how you go out on this thing, but yeah. Until then, it's just it's just five dudes, I guess. Well, it's all, I'm sure you get a lot of people saying you guys should do this and that. So yeah. I, I I wouldn't want to yeah. burden you with a bunch of that stuff. But man, I always love when I can tell it's going to be a more than one game run because I think for me, aside from watching you guys play, is the reveal of what it's going to be that night. Yeah. And I've happened to see just a couple uh, repeats, and which is fine. I, I still get excited, and I've even seen. There's a MAGFest where you guys had like a secret show in a basement somewhere that yep. was only like, I figured out through like word of mouth. I had to talk to a guy in a trench coat out <laughs> back and had to say a passphrase. It was wild. But um, I always get excited about the reveal. Is that something that you guys get excited for too? Is like that moment when people get to see what you're bringing to them? Because until that point, until you hit start 
and the the start screen appears, everyone's in the dark. Yeah, and yeah, I would say yeah, we we like that. Um, we like that aspect of it. There's definitely been a couple of games because uh, I play on an original top loader NES, but it's modded with HDMI output, which is something that we've only like recently done within the past couple of years. Which is man, it's so nice. You can mm-hmm. use an NES on a flat screen LCD or whatever uh, monitor with no lag. It's actually pretty amazing. Yeah, um, wow. But we use an EverDrive. And so we'll have like these special ROMs that we have our friend make that actually that, that re- remove the the music from the game. It basically kind of like it goes into... It goes into the game and kind of like turns off all the triggers for the songs. So we still have all the sound effects that we can get from the game. Um, but we get the music is not there. So mm. we actually get make it so everyone can hear all the bleeps and bloops of Mega Man shooting. Oh, um, okay. While we also get uh, the band I didn't even think soundtrack. about that. You're right. Um, yeah. There, I mean... Is it? I guess it hasn't always been like that, though. At some point, you had to somehow compensate. When we first started doing it, I actually had a sample pedal um, that we recorded the certain sound effects, like um, the gate opening and closing for Mega Man Two, or like so those things where I actually was hitting those samples <laughs> while I was that's playing. Cool. Dude, um, that's crazy. But then we eventually, yeah, uh, through just playing shows meeting this really cool guy who said he could kind of he could figure something out and he he did for us and it's like so now we have these roms that are only altered to remove the music from the gameplay and well, i guess to go back to what we were saying earlier uh about the reveal uh, i also sometimes will disguise the name of the game uh, yes. in that menu just so people don't see uh, or we'll think that it's something else. Like for DuckTales, that was kind of a a secret for a while. And so I uh, I labeled that one uh, Donkey Kong Jr., I think. Um, just <laughs> Everyone so. was like, oh, no, please don't play that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a smartass at heart. So it's like, what if there's like a bad a real bad crowd that's just not getting into it for whatever reason? And you and you just call an audible and you're like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to start playing uh, Super Pitfall. <laughs> it's just some awful game. Total Recall. Yeah, we're going to we're going to play uh, this game. Back to the Future for NES. Oh, Screw man, you, audience. Man, yikes! I don't know why my yikes, mind always yeah. goes to like the worst <laughs> to piss people off. But Those are the worst. You listed <laughs> the worst. Start trolling the crowd. I don't yeah. know why my mind's like that, but yeah. No, that's that sounds super I mean, fun, and I can't wait to see you guys live. Awesome, thanks. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point though, Alex. That would be a fun troll if you ju- if they even just played the first stage and people are just in disbelief for a I whole minute. I think you minute. can d- get like, away with no. that with like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. I think enough people recognize that one now. <laughs> thanks to angry video game nerd especially at a place like magfest i think you could i think you really could like get away with that and then just be like whoops never mind and then go into like some badass like kirby's adventure type thing or something i don't know but yeah i i I like that idea that's that's just me being a dick though (laughs) just another way to tease the audience man we like it we like to be teased but yeah well i i think that's going to do it it was kind of a quick discussion but i really wanted to to hear from the guy who has the magic hands in Bit Brigade, no, no disrespect to the rest of the fantastic musicians that you play with. I'd love to talk to them as well, but um, they don't have a website easy to find their uh, contact info on like you do at Studio Pinpin. So take that. You reached out. I really appreciate it. It was very nice talking to you guys. Yeah, no problem. And hopefully we see you very soon uh, from a distance on stage while you're facing us but not looking at us because you're playing a video game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, that's been another Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, you can reach out to us with questions or comments at drunkfriendpodcast at gmail.com. Even share your King Griffey Jr. scores with us. We'll read them out here on the air. Uh, we love hearing from you. We'll respond or read it here eventually. Please head over to the polymedianetwork.com if you want to hear more podcasts from us or our crew. we got Tales of the Lesser Medium, Petey's Power Hour, Polykill, and Indie Quest. So check those out, please. 
And if you're not interested in sending an email, that's not a big deal. Just give us a rating and review. We've been getting a lot of those lately, so thanks for mm-hmm. that. Uh, I think, yeah, like I said last time, we're up to like 87, Hell yeah. I think, or 80, 88, 89, somewhere around there in the 80s. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, you can ju- you can do that on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out. It'll get us noticed by... Uh, I, I, I'm still not entirely sure how the podcast stats work. Well, Joe Rogan is I, the boss, and if he, if you get on his radar... Bropra? Yeah, if you if Bropra sees our stats go up, we get a cut of... Um, uh, was it C- C- CBD oil? Oh, okay. Or something. Yeah, or, or, or some, like, grinded-up rhino horn from Ghana or something like that. Yeah, some, know. like, storkages that we're all allergic to, but it'll make our feet strong. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, th- I'll, I'll take it. I'll try anything. <laughs> oh, it's, it's your turn. <laughs> oh, yes. You can find us all on social media or the internet. On Twitter, I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex is, of course, at SNESDrunk. You can check out BitBrigade at BitBrigade.net and say that five times real fast if you think you're so smart. And you can also find uh, Noah's artwork at Studio uh, Studio PinPin at StudioPinPin.com. Jeez, getting adversarial with the audience bit here br- already. BitBrigade, BitBrigade, BitBrigade. Bit it's hard to say. As always, the music you heard in the beginning and can hear right now was composed by our friend Coolor, and the track you hear is called Electric Star Bounce, and you can find a link to more of his music on the Budsprout podcast page, and a shout-out to Josh Leslie for his thirst-quenching logo that he provided us. (laughs) Be sure to catch us all on YouTube, and thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Cheers. Cheers.